Welcome to the Tron Cast. What's up, SHL? It's Tron, and you're listening to the Troncast. Um, I just wanted to, first, before I say anything, um, give my condolences to the New England and St. Louis locker rooms and anybody else who's interacted with AC Dangles. Um, I don't, I haven't personally had the privilege to interact with him, uh, but it sounds like he was a great guy by all accounts. And it is just a tragic loss for the SHL to lose an active member. Um, and, you know, just as a, as a personal note, it's a reminder that everybody on the site has a personality behind this online personality. And they have family and friends that care about them. And it, to lose somebody at the age of 28 in any walk of life is just jarring and shocking. So uh, my condolences to anyone touched or impacted uh, by AC Dangles. With that being said, you're listening to the Troncast. This is episode seven. Um, It has been a little bit since I recorded. Um, My life is just busy. I just can't commit to uh, a recording schedule that that makes any sort of uh, regular sense. But I do need to get paid. Um, So (laughs) here I am uh, putting together an episode. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a super long one. I'd like to talk a little bit about the predictions. Uh, I missed the deadline for the draft uh, double bonus media, so um, I'll just do a, a regular pod. I actually hadn't done a bunch of research on this class anyway, so that works out. Um, just want to talk a little bit about uh, my predictions for what's going to happen in the SHL this season. Um, mostly just going to talk about standings. Um, I don't know a ton about the awards process. So, and I've never been very good at predicting them other than just copying and pasting someone who I think is good at predicting them. Um, So I think I'm just going to stick to uh, what I do feel confident about, which is um, the final standings and, uh, and the cup, uh, cup predictions and and president's trophy and all that, all that fun stuff. So with that said, I'm going to jump into the Atlantic division. Uh, Before I do that, I'll talk a little bit about uh, my process. I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts, uh, but at some point a few months ago, I built a Python scraper uh, with the help of another SHL user, Mediocre Fred. He gave me some code that he had used previously, and I uh, expanded on it and uh, and kind of tailored it to my needs. Uh, so this scraper goes to the SHL forums and scrapes every player under the roster links that I input um, through another file. So uh, it goes through, say, the Manhattan Rage, scrapes every player under that, uh, every prospect under that, and gets all kinds of information about their player build. So nothing to do with their actual FHM statistics, um, but everything to do with their player build, their TPE, uh, and all that, all that stuff. And then I compile that into a Tableau workbook on Tableau Public, and 
I put together views for um, average TPE uh, per position group. So I don't go as granular as centers versus forwards uh, in this particular analysis, though I could uh, and might in the future try to expand it to that. But I stick to forwards, defense, goalies. Uh, so I look at the average TPE for those positions at the SHL level. Um, and for goalies, I like to actually look at the individual goalies because a lot of the teams have backup goalies that are inactive uh, with very low TPE because you only have to play them six games a year in order to meet the requirements of the rules. Um, so the display, the, at, Average TPE metric just doesn't make a lot of sense for that position. Uh, so I do like to uh, click on the team and, and kind of see what where their goaltender's uh, TPE lies uh, at the uh, for the starter at least. So uh, with all that being out of the way now, I'll hop into the Atlantic Division. So I'm going to start uh, with a top-down approach for who I think is the best team in the Atlantic all the way down to the worst team in the Atlantic. Um, so I'm going to start with the Manhattan Rage. I think that they are pretty clearly the top team in the Atlantic. They finished 36-10-4 last season for 76 points, which was uh, tie, well, which was third in the SHL, so uh, second in the in the East. So Manhattan has an average TPE in their forward group of 1521 and an average TPE in their defense group of 1385. Um, their goaltender has over 1700. TPE. Nope. Sorry. Looked at the wrong metric there. Their goaltender has a 1300 TPE. Um, so this is a team with um, a lot of players in regression, but they're still up there in TPE. Um, they're still an elite team. Uh, six forwards in regression, four defense in, in uh, regression, and their goaltender, goaltender is uh, also regressing. So, But they've still got Ola Wagstrom over 1900 TPE. They've got Luke Thompson over 1800 TPE. Uh, Brett McCarthy's still over 1700 TPE. Uh, and then they, they've got a few young players on the come up as well. Uh, Austin Roenick hasn't quit hit regression yet. He's over 1700 TPE. Uh, Oliver Cleary hasn't hit regression. He's over 1700 TPE. Um, all, all in all, this roster is aging, um, but they've got a lot of uh, still got a lot of top tier talent in the SHL. So their, their competitive window is wide open. And I think Manhattan can make a case uh, for the president's trophy this year. The only thing holding them back, which we'll talk about later, is um, a lot of the rest of the teams in the East, I think, are superior to teams in the West. So the Manhattan plays in the tougher conference. I think that might hold them back from, um, one, winning the conference, and two, um, the, the president's trophy just because they're going to have to face Hamilton, Chicago, Buffalo, uh, and, and Atlanta that we'll talk about in a second. So I don't think that Manhattan wins the president's trophy, uh, but I think they could, they could challenge for it. And, um, I think that they're easily going to top the Atlantic. I don't really see any of these other teams posing much of a threat, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, skill and talent. So Team number two in the East. Uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one. Uh, Atlanta Inferno, they're the expansion team to the East. You look up and down their roster, uh, particularly starting with the GM, uh, Echo Van Otter, t over 2,000 TPE uh, in his peak season this year. Uh, Elijah Jones, over 1,600 TPE. And then some of the regressing players, 
uh, Gai Zhang over 1900 TPE, um, Brady McIntyre over 1500 TPE. Yeah, uh, you've got a lot of talent on this team. At, in goal, this is one spot where they're a little weak. Uh, their starting goaltender looks like it's going to be Samat. Uh, I'm not even going to bother pronouncing that last name. Bivit Zanoff. Okay, so I did I did attempt it, and that wasn't wasn't too bad. So he's at over 800 TPE, and Mike Roch is at. Uh, oh, that's funny. I see what you did there. He's at uh, <laughs> uh, 550 TPE. So they, that's one glaring weakness that Atlanta has is in goal. Uh, but they've got a, a strong defense um, and a strong forward group that's that's still pretty young that's going to be up and coming. They have less uh, regressing players than Manhattan, but I will say their defense is pretty old. They've got a couple guys uh, in their 18th season, a guy in their fi- in his 15th season, um, and 14th season there. So they've got, uh, they're going to need to focus maybe in the draft on, uh, defensive prospects. And it actually looking at my sheet here, it looks like they, they did, uh, just that they have some, some good defensive prospects, uh, in, in the, in the pool. But, uh, I will say out of the two expansion teams, Atlanta and Seattle, I think Atlanta has the best chance to compete this year. Uh, one being the weaker division and two, just uh, I just think they had a great draft. I think it helps that their GM uh, is Echo Van Otters, so their best player is their GM in terms of TPE, and uh, that's a that's a big get for this team and a big lift for uh, their their prospects uh, going into the season. But like I said, they're gonna be tough in goal. Uh, but two two young guys will keep earning throughout the year. Uh, you could see Samat go over a thousand TPE this year. Um, so. Uh, keep an eye on Atlanta to uh, make the playoffs out of the Atlantic. Uh, the next team I have is New England. Uh, so the New England Wolfpack, uh, they're, they're trending as a lot of SHL knows in the wrong direction. Um, they've started selling off some players, but they, if you look up and down their roster, they've still got a lot of guys uh, that have decent TPE figures. Uh, Slack McShotty is over 1,800 TPE. Uh, Dominic Montgomery's at uh, over seventeen hundred. Uh, Perry Morgan over thirteen hundred. Igor uh, Volkov over thirteen hundred, and um, Franz Eller is going to surpass a thousand uh, TPE in goal this season. So uh, this this is a good roster. Uh, I think that they've done a pretty good job with the rebuild so far. Uh, they're going to turn over pretty quickly into a competitive roster from what. From what I'm looking at, but this it doesn't look like it's going to be the year uh, for them, at least in the Atlantic. Now, with the expanded playoffs, you might see New England make the playoffs. Um, it's from what I'm hearing, it's 12 teams uh, making the playoffs this year, which I think is uh, good news for New England uh, because I think that maybe they could make the playoffs this season. Uh, however, they're still um, they're still a year or two away from bouncing back into competition. But uh, like I said, they have uh, quite the prospect pool and quite the uh, young talent just up and down their roster. So I think that New England will be back. They are uh, not going to fade completely into oblivion. Uh, Maybe not a full rebuild, but more of a reload situation. But uh, I can see them sneaking into the playoffs. I like them as third in the Atlantic. Um, And uh, yeah, so the next team we're going to look at is Baltimore. Uh, uh, I, 
I don't know. I think a lot of people uh, think Baltimore not well run. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't really know where I'm getting that that uh, perspective from. Uh, when I look at their roster, I see lots of good young talent. This is a team that's that's loaded with guys uh, that maybe are a little bit under a thousand TPE, but they could be there soon. Um, the good young talent, good and deep and large prospect pool. Uh, I think Buffalo's or Baltimore is moving in the right direction, uh, but they don't have a lot of high-end talent on their roster. So they're in the midst of a rebuild. Um, they've got Nat Emerson. There's their best player on defense at 16, 17 TPE. Luca DeVacchio in goal. Uh, the shining star for them is 1275 TPE. Um, I think Carl Crashwagon at, at the wing with 1362 TPE is uh, probably their best player. Uh, in terms of the future, obviously, uh, I think Baltimore's got some bright spots for, on this roster for sure, uh, but I, not enough to to surpass New England this year, even with New England entering a rebuild or, or like I said earlier, a reload. Um, I, I like Baltimore for fourth in this division. Let's see. Um, they finished last season at 14-32-4 and four with thir for 32 points. So they... They were a bottom end team last year, and I think they're they're going to be a lottery team this year as well. Uh, but like I said, look for look for Baltimore in two three years uh, to start making some more noise out of uh, the Atlantic Division. Lastly, is the Tampa Bay Barracuda out of the Atlantic. Um, now there's there's a lot of debate over whether when Tampa Bay begins their turnaround. They were the worst team uh, in the league last year at eight forty two and and uh, oh with sixteen points. Uh, the question becomes, you know, are they going to better, uh, going to do better than eight wins this year? Uh, is it, is it them? Is it Toronto who, uh, who's the worst team in, in the league or in the conference? Um, and I, I think it's going to be close. Um, uh, I do think that Tampa Bay plays in a easier division than Toronto does. Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to be completely biased here as a member of Toronto. Uh, looking at the roster, I see, uh, Michael fitted over 1200 TPE, uh, Tom Fiddler over 1200 TPE, James Ronlin over, uh, 1100 TPE. I see Mbacus Cuddles at close to a thousand TPE. Jacob Hammer could be over a thousand TPE, uh, this season in goal. They have Ian Venables at 720 TPE. <clears throat> this is a good team. Uh, they don't have any of their key players regressing. They do have, uh, Calvelli, Kalevi, Kerhunen, uh, under 600 TPE. Uh, he's in. He's regressing. It's unclear if he's active or inactive. That's something I should definitely pull into this analysis. Um, but the the prospect pool in Tampa Bay is deep. Um, they might be a couple years away uh, from competing for a playoff spot. But um, I mean, it's it. There's no doubt that Tampa Bay is moving in the right direction. I would expect them to be one of the best teams in the league, if you ask it again, in five seasons. So uh, that does it for the Atlantic. Uh, we got Manhattan on top, then Atlanta, New England, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. And um, I'll come back to Manhattan when I talk about the President's Trophy and, uh, and, the, and you know, who's going to win the East. So 
So the next division we're going to look at is the Great Lakes. So this is the division that my team Toronto plays for. Um, last year, Buffalo was 40-10-0 in this division for 80 points. Uh, so it was their division to lose. And um, when I look at the other teams on paper, you know, who do I, who do I like? Who do I want to take? Um, I think that Buffalo uh, has taken a step back. Um, they have an average of 14.22 TPE at forward, uh, 14.26 TPE at defense. And their goaltender is now around 1,200. Elizabeth Doyle, she is on uh, the ascent of her career at 1,200, uh, over 1,200 TPE. Um, Buffalo is, don't get me wrong, an extremely good team, but they had Echo Van Otter uh, get taken in um, the lottery, uh, in the uh, expansion draft um, by his new team, the Atlanta Inferno. Uh, and you've seen Hamilton and Chicago kind of close that gap and surpass Buffalo in terms of TPE, uh, at least in the in the aggregate. So I do think that Buffalo is still an elite team. I am not going to call them for the winners of the Great Lakes. Uh, for that, I'm going to go to Hamilton. Um, Hamilton has one glaring weakness, and it's a goaltender. Uh, Age Oven is a season 53 goalie with 817 TPE, so he is definitely on the ascent of his career. Uh, he's getting better. You could see him get close to 1,000 uh, before the year's over. But if you look at their scoring, they have Aaron Wilson, Michael Skarn, um, Theo Morgan. Uh, these are all just forwards. Dick Clapper. Um, these guys are all over 1,900 TPE. Um, this, this is just uh, the, the elite of the elite um, in, in, in Hamilton here from, uh, from the SHL. So... Gabriel Johnson on defense is their best defender at a 1800 TPE. Uh, they have a couple of other defenders that are over uh, 1400 and then, uh, you know, uh, still more that are over a thousand. Um, so they go six deep with a thousand TPE defenders. Um, uh, at least when Guy O'Shea surpasses the, the threshold this season, he, which he should, he's at 929. So they're solid on defense, which should make up for their goaltender being maybe, a little sub-average for the league uh, in terms of elite teams, at least. But uh, I, I think Hamilton has shown that they know FHM well and that they are good at finding um, formulas that work. We'll call it that. So uh, I think I think we can see Hamilton win this division, uh, finally a changing the guard from Buffalo in the Great Lakes division. This brings me to Buffalo. Uh, now, I almost picked Chicago to finish ahead of Buffalo just because of the recent moves they've made. But um, I think that Chicago has been disappointing for a couple of years now, and you start to wonder if it's uh, something with FHM that they haven't figured out yet. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm kind of in a holding pattern with Chicago. Like, let's let's believe it when we see it. Uh, this is a super competitive division, and Buffalo and Hamilton uh, have shown that they are good teams uh, in FHM. Um, not to mention that, uh, but they... They've just got a lot of top-end talent like uh, like Hamilton does. Uh, Monkey D. Luffy is over 2,000 TPE. <laughs> They've got uh, Bobby Sharp at 1899 and Matt Conlon at 1870. So these guys are almost 1,900 TPE. 
you got a, some 1400 guys um, and on defense they've got still Alexander Selich is still close to 1900 TPE uh, just under it poop scoop is uh, just under 1800 TPE Augustus Wang uh, is up to 1477 so almost 1500 TPE and in goal they've got um, Elizabeth Doyle the young up-and-coming star 1270 uh, TPE so she uh, is probably the the best goaltender in this division uh, with uh, Tibux uh, Sunika uh, regressing. Well, I should say outside of the Toronto North Stars, who we don't really uh, consider contenders at this point in, in their uh, in their window. But um, so Elizabeth Doyle could easily be the the second best goaltender in this division behind uh, Harry Carpet. So. Uh, I like Buffalo to finish second, uh, this in spite of their TPE numbers being a little low on Chicago, uh, compared to Chicago. Um, but I, I just think that they have history. They've been here before. Uh, they've shown that they can be good in, in FHM. Uh, I just think they get passed by, by Hamilton this year. So for third place in this division, I'm going to say Chicago, uh, if I hadn't telescoped that enough, um, uh, they are deep at forward. They have 1463 as their average TP among their forwards. Uh, Martin Westbrook at 1862. Lowell Salmon at 1988. Uh, they have t- offenseman Daniel Smeb over uh, 1800 TPE, uh, a few more over 1600, 1500. Uh, and then on defense, they've got Corey Kennedy over 2000 TPE, uh, in his peak season here. Um, Akira Renz over 1500 TPE, Parker Smev's over 1500 TPE. And, uh, as I, as I said earlier, Tibet Sunika is over 11, uh, I'm sorry, 1300 TPE in, uh, his regression. He's, uh, just started regression, I think this season. So, uh, I think you're going to start to see a changing of the guard in terms of elite goaltenders in this division. Um, <clears throat> but he's still well over 1,300 TPE, so he's holding it down uh, in, in net for Chicago. I think that uh, Chicago has a, a great team. Uh, they've they've made some great additions uh, in the past couple of days, uh, pulling in uh, Charlie Sheik over 1,100 TPE and... Uh, this is the David, is that how you say it? Uh, 1400 TPE. Um, that's, a, that's a good get out of LAP. So um, Chicago is making a run. They, they see their windows open uh, and they're, and they're going to make a run in the toughest division in the SHL. So uh, good luck to them. I see them finishing third, but I think they will be good enough to make the playoffs, uh, especially with the expansion. So Chicago could make the playoffs and make some real noise in the playoffs too when they start facing teams outside of their own division. Next up is the Toronto North Stars. So this is obviously a team that's uh, close to my heart. Uh, this is the team that my player plays for, Reese Pritchard. So this is a it's a team that is frustrated by the division that they're in because they have to play Hamilton, Chicago, and Buffalo more than anybody else. Um, and while we've got the TPE, we've got players that are on the ascent. Our average TPE in our forward group is 1,111. Um, our average TPE in our defense group is only 803, but 
moving in the right direction. And as I said earlier, we've got the best goaltender in the division uh, with Harry Carpet over 1,900 TPE. Um, this is a team that is good. We're, we're a good team, but we're we're in a bad division to be a, a good team in. So, because we're not a great team. So, we're going to, Toronto's going to end up getting buried in the standings, unfortunately. Um, they've got talent on this roster. Uh, Mika Kandinsky is over 1,700 TPE. Bobby Lane's over 1,500. Um, Harry Carpet, as I said, is close to 2,000 TPE in goal. Um, they've got Delver Fudgson at 1,200 TPE. Um, Danny Marston's over 1,000. Reese Pritchard's over 1,100. Uh, Ruslan Zaporitz is over uh, 1,100 TPE. So this is the team moving in the right direction. Uh, patience is going to be key with this roster. Um, some of us in the locker room have argued for, you know, pulling in some of this top talent from teams that are rebuilding. Um, but I, you know, the time just doesn't seem right with so many prospects getting pumped into the team. Um, and we're just not there yet in terms of TPE for competitiveness. So we had a couple more years, uh, for Toronto. And I do think that this team is going to win a cup with this core. Uh, but it's going to, we're a couple years off. There's, there's going to need to be. Uh, some growing uh, in terms of our players before we can get there. So long story short, the Great Lakes Division, Hamilton, Buffalo, Chicago, Toronto, in that order, um, you're going to see three playoff teams certainly come out of this division, um, and they're going to they're going to really make some noise in the playoffs uh, in, out of out of the Great Lakes. So that does it for the East. Um, so out of the East, uh, I predicted Manhattan to um i think i took manhattan if not i'm gonna go change it i'm gonna take manhattan to um win the east and uh i do not have them winning the uh, president's trophy um i will say just simply because they're in the tougher conference um they're in the easier division in the tougher conference so i do think they might have the best record in the east but they will not have the best record overall uh, I do think that they know that their competitive window is uh, dwindling and that they're going to have a lot of players in regression. So I think that they're making a run this season. I think you might see them make a trade uh, at the deadline to to solidify their championship run. But I do see them winning out of the, out of the East, uh, even against some of this tough competition you see in the Great Lakes Division. Let's move to the West. Um, last year in the in the Northwest Division, the top team uh, was the Edmonton Blizzard at thirty nine nine and two for eighty points. Um, I think that they will repeat, but it's going to be close in this Northwest. It's going to be a really good race. Um, Edmonton has some young, high TPE talent. Um, their top player is Julio Tokolosh uh, at eighteen ninety. Uh, 1980 TPE, so close to 2,000. Uh, Tony Pepperoni still up there around 1,800 TPE. Um, Barrett Blackwood's around 1,400. Uh, James Trung is over 1,400. John Four One's over 1,600. Um, John Paul Balvin at 1,300. Um, Connor Tanner at 1,300. Uh, Finn Reese at 1,500. Um, Schultz over 1,800 still. Um, and 
in goal they have Amico Spectre at 1193, so close to 1200 TPE. Um, this is that I don't really see any weaknesses on this club. Maybe maybe a little bit low at defense. So if we're we're looking at average TPE uh, in terms of the West, they have 1327 uh, TPE as their average for their forwards. That's less than Calgary. Uh, 1100 TPE and defense. That's less than Calgary. Um, but um, I, I think the fact that Calgary had more TPE, I think, last year than Edmonton and still finished below them in the standings um, by, uh, by 12 points, um, it tells me that Edmonton is doing something right in terms of tactics in FHM. Uh, I expect that to continue until kind of proven otherwise. So I'm going to take Edmonton uh, despite the TPE gap between Edmonton and Calgary in, in the Northwest. Which brings me to Calgary. So um, Calgary finished last year 13, I'm sorry, 31, 13, and 6 for 68 TPE. Um, as I said, I, they're, they're higher TPE pretty much across the board than Edmonton. Um, but uh, I think they're the clear number two team in, in the Northwest, if not the number one. Uh, but like I said, Edmonton had something figured out with FHM last year. Uh, S.A. Parnborg at 1,948 TPE um, is the top player. On the offensive side, Barry Batsback at 1880. Um, let's see, on the defensive end, they've got Brandon Kennedy Jr., still uh, close to 1900 TPE. Uh, Leo Lockhart at 1691. Um, in, in goal, they have 1457 TPE for Cataville. Um, I mean, this is this is a solid team uh, every, everywhere you look at it. Um, they've got a, a decent prospect pool. Um, a decent to good prospect pool. Uh, I think they can maybe even rebuild on the fly here because they don't have um, anyone who is, you know, close to completely falling off the grid in terms of TPE at the SHL level. And uh, you know, as they see some of these some of these older guys, uh, Anders Christensen uh, is still at 1100 TPE after 18 seasons. You could see him retire, but um, you've got like Matt Marner should be close to a thousand TPE. Uh, starting next season. So um, they, they should be able to rebuild on the fly. It's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with Calgary as some of these guys age out. But um, if you look at their roster, they've got, they've got s some guys that um, can still have a lot of time left in them with a lot of TPE. So they can, re they can regress down a few years still and still be good. So uh, Calgary is well positioned for the next couple of years to, to be a force and uh, not sure if they're even going to really need to rebuild. So Kudos to, to that uh, Calgary management for getting them in the position they're in. Uh, but I do think number two behind Edmonton is my prediction for this year. Um, I've got the Winnipeg Jets next. Um, some people might uh, take take Minnesota here. Uh, I, I think Winnipeg, looking up and down their roster, is a better positioned uh, in this division uh, than uh, than Minnesota to, to take the next step. Um, Nick Brain, oh, still over 1,900 TPE. Uh, Commander Shepard, over 1,700 uh, on the offensive side. Um, they have some good defensive players, too. Uh, Slipnick Scruff's over 1,700 TPE. Um, Adam Barron's over 1,500, and uh, he's a season 50 guy, so he's up and coming. Uh, Strom Chamberlain and goal, over 1,000 TPE now. Um, uh almost 1100 TPE. 
So he's moving in the right direction. This uh, this is a club where I don't really see a ton of weaknesses. I mean, um, they're not the they're not the best team in terms of TPE. They're not the worst team. Um, they've they've got some older regressing guys kind of leading the charge with TPE, but I I can see some younger guys, uh, you know, where they pass the torch torch off to those guys. Uh, and um, I think that they're another team that's kind of in a good position where they're I don't know that they're going to need to do a rebuild. Uh, I, I think they would say that they're coming out of their rebuild now. I don't know that their prospect pool is as deep as I would like to see if I were them, uh, but that doesn't mean they can't uh, beef that up in the next few years. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Toronto's well-positioned. Um, they will be a playoff team this year, I think. So uh, I'm, did I say Toronto? I meant Winnipeg. Winnipeg's well-positioned. They'll be a, pin a playoff team this year, but I see them finishing behind uh, Edmonton and Calgary in the Northwest. Uh, the next team in this division is Minnesota. Um, this is a team that's been uh, rebuilding, and you're starting to see a lot of their prospects take the next steps. Um, they have uh, on and forward, they have Colin Jibbles as their best player at 1,900 TPE. Um, Mika Mayfield at 1,600, but Noah Gallagher, who's in his peak season, is now at 1,700 TPE. Um, they have Cal Labovich over 1,100 TPE. Uh, and on the defensive side, um, Mathis Sager is still over 1,800 TPE, though he entered regression this year. Um, Akashi 6'9 is over 1,100 TPE. Uh, Noah Tedlett just uh, should surpass 9,000 TPE uh, this season as well. Um, decent team. I mean, I think they've had some po prospects bust out, which is unfortunate because uh, you hate to see that in the, in a rebuild, you know, when you're counting on those prospects, but Minnesota, let's see in the aggregate, a uh, thousand TPE puts them around league average uh, for their forwards and just under a thousand TPE on defense, 992 puts them uh, just under the league average um, in TPE to, to a little bit low, maybe um, their goaltender, Marcus uh, Tegernaco is over 1,300 uh, TPE, so he should hold down uh, pretty good numbers in goal. Um, I, I, I think Minnesota could challenge Winnipeg um, in terms of uh, where they're going to place in this division, but if you're just looking at uh, kind of a best guess, I think Winnipeg is going gonna, is gonna to edge them out. I don't, I don't know... <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what uh, kind of tactics these teams have in store. I see them as pretty close, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I think you got to give Winnipeg the edge just in terms of TPE. Uh, so that brings us to Seattle, which is the other newcomer team. So you'll notice I have them finishing last in their division, while Atlanta I had finishing second in their division. Uh, and that just has to do with, uh, you know, the way the draft went. So Let's see, the best players on uh, Seattle's forward group, they're a little bit weak. 15-15, uh, Bo Kane, um, Thomas Vanis is over 1,000. Uh, Newt, Newt Nertson <laughs> is over 1,000 TPE. Uh, and then they've got guys that are close to 1,000. Um, Alexi Rykoff is just under 1,902 TPE. Um, and Christopher Svensson is in regression, but he's at 835. Uh, not not a terrible group, probably not as bad as, uh, as 
Well, I don't know. Might be one of the <laughs> might be one of the worst forward groups in the league. Uh, when well, when I'm thinking about it, uh, but they they do have a good defensive core. Uh, Tig Murphy Murphy's over 1600 TPE. Uh, boy, this name uh, Satoshi Zizaguni is over 1450 TPE. Cassius Darrow, of course, at uh, 1945 TPE. Abel Skinner over a thousand. Uh, this is a good defensive core uh, for this league. Uh, but again, at goaltender, they fall a little short. Uh, Nolan McMahon's only at 800 TPE, uh, though you could see him get to 1,000 if his activity picks up. Uh, uh, decent prospect core uh, for this group, but you know they've only had one real draft uh, to kind of put, put this core together. They do uh, have Thor Odinson, a season 54 goalie, who is... Shoot, I clicked away to the wrong screen here. Uh, at 505 TPE, so that's a that's a decent goaltender prospect they've got to kind of uh, come in in the next year or two. Uh, I think w- the jury's still out on Seattle. I think they had a decent um, a decent draft. I mean, they're not going to be the worst team in in the league, uh, but their their forward group is lacking, and uh, their their prospect core is good. But they're going to need to keep pumping prospects into that. Um, and uh, you know, the season 56 guys are just going to be a little too far away to help them next year, maybe even the year after. So uh, I do think Seattle's going to be here at the bottom for a, for this year and probably next year. And then uh, we'll have to reevaluate. Uh, they'll have to reevaluate then. So uh, anyway, to recap, Northwest Division, I have Edmonton, uh, followed by Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, and then Seattle. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap this up with the Southwest um Division, uh, I, I think that the best team in the West is in this division, and I think that's the New Orleans Spectres. Um, this team has shown that they have figured something out in FHM, uh, and their talent is off the charts. Uh, they have the best defense in terms of average TPE in the league, and their forward group is uh, top top three or top four as well. Uh, so on defense, they have... Uh, Kyle O'Delline, the third, with 1,820 TPE. Rex Kirby at 1,855. Casper's uh, Claude at 1,791. And Arnold Johnson over 1,000 TPE. So that's not a super deep group, uh, but that's a, that's a high-end defensive core. Um, they have on offense, Jimmy Slothface over 1,900 TPE. Nicholas William was over 1,600. Oliver Clotier over 1,700, uh, and a couple of 1,400s in there as well. This is uh, three 1,400s in there as well. This is a great group, uh, kind of well-rounded. Uh, they are going to take a hit at, at goalie, but they have a um, young player at 800 TPE, Ali Saarinen Jr., uh, uh, almost 900 TPE in goal. Uh, I think their their defense can hide a lot of that weakness. Uh, just from high, having the high-end defenders. So I like New Orleans. Um, I think they're, they're definitely hitting their, hitting their peak. I don't know if they're going to keep competing for the next couple of years. they got a lot of older guys that uh, are going to start regressing, but uh, they do have just a ton of TPE at, the, at this time. So this season, their window's wide open, and I, I see them having a great year um, anyway. 
in second place uh, in the Southwest, I see Texas Renegades uh, taking a nice step forward. When you look at the Renegades roster, you, there's a lot to like here. There's a lot of young guys with high TPE, uh, a lot of guys that haven't even, you know, aren't even close to their peak with, uh, you know, over a thousand TPE. So, um, and then they, they do have one regressing player who is kind of a key piece for them. So that's Andreas Kalheim, Valheim, and he's at 1929 TPE, um, Joseph Kubinek at 1600 TPE is also uh, great on offense. Then they have a couple of, it falls off a little bit with Ivan Maximus at 1200 TPE, Carlo Ke Kekkonen at 1273, Alex Watcher uh, at 1200 TPE. That's their, that's their key forward group players. Um, among the defensemen, Adam Cyana over 1100 TPE, um, Bjorn, Lapanen at 1400 TPE, uh, Peter Horvat at 1400 TPE, uh, Noel Bruski at 1322 TPE. Um, and in goal, they have White Goodman, who should surpass 1000 TPE this year. So they're solid in, in net as well. Um, I, I mean, if Texas was in... If Texas was in Toronto's spot in the Great Lakes, I think they could they could really get pounded. I feel like... Toronto and Texas have a really similar ro roster in terms of up and coming talent. Um, Texas is is better currently, uh, but it's not they're not that far apart. Uh, they're definitely Texas is definitely deeper on defense. Um, Toronto losing Jeffy Hurts uh, in terms of the Toronto's defense, but uh, I do think it would be interesting if Texas was in one of these other divisions, particularly the Great Lakes, just to see how they would fare. However, they're not. They're in the Southwest, and I think they're the second-best team in the Southwest. So uh, I'm going to pick Texas as number two behind New Orleans, but I do think New Orleans is kind of going to run away with the t this division. But Texas, you'll see in the postseason, so good for them. And there's a lot to like on this roster. So uh, Number three is going to be Los Angeles Panthers. Uh, this is a team that is entering a rebuild, and um, I honestly don't think their roster is that bad. They have a decent prospect pool and a couple of young guys that are not quite to regression that are still moving in the right direction. The Keith Lee addition was big uh, for LAP. He's over 1,000 TPE in just his fifth season. So, um, Philip Winter is at 1,600 TPE. Uh, Michael Fox is just under that, 1,566. Uh, uh, Vorian Atridis. Goodness gracious. Uh, 1420 TPE and, uh, you know, their, their forward group's decent. I mean, that's probably the strength of their team. Uh, and then it, then it falls off a bit. Tony Ford at 1500 TPE on defense leads, leads the group. Uh, and then they have another guy, Thomas Bathory, who's at 1200. And then that's kind of it for their, for their defense. I mean, Consmeb is at, uh, 600 and Jack Tanner's at 600. Uh, they do have a great goaltender, Knox Booth, at 1,500. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I think LO, I think Los Angeles kind of wants to lose. Um, I, I think they're they're entering that rebuild, but I think they could probably compete with Texas for second place. So um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they won't be trying to lose. It's a little confusing what their leadership situation is like right now. Uh, but we'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, now I'm I'm 
rethinking this a little bit. I think uh, Texas and Los Angeles are maybe closer than I thought when I first looked at this. Uh, but they, if Los Angeles wants to compete this year, they probably need a boost in defense. And if, if they were able to pull something off before the start of the season to, to grab another uh, thousand TPE defender, I think this could be a, a totally different uh, story in the Southwest. But for now, I'm going to go with New Orleans, Texas, and then LAP. Um, San Francisco is going to be the last team in this division. Um, they're not bad as far as bad teams go. Um, they've got, they've got some talent. Uh, their roster actually kind of looks like, looks like Toronto, um, you know, high TPE goaltender. They actually have two high TPE goaltenders. Um, yeah, they're hurting on defense and, uh, they got a few stars on, uh, the forward side that, um, kind of carry the group in terms of TPE. Uh, Jeff Brogan's at 1,400. Uh, Henrik Osterman is at 1,372. Uh, Vince Reaper's over 1,000, but then uh, the group kind of drops off. And they not that they don't have young up-and-comers. Vince Vincent's over uh, 900 TPE in his fourth season. Um, but they're, they're just hurting a little bit uh, in terms of depth at 1,000 TPE players. So uh, on defense, they've got Alex Petrenko over 1,100 TPE, um, and then nobody really else. I think the next highest TPE is 580, and that's Lilliam O'Callaghan, who is regressing uh, in his 18th year. Um, but they're, they're strong in goal. I mean, their goalies might might just keep them in games like, uh, like Harry Carpet does for Toronto and has for the last couple of years. So Killian Kavanaugh at uh, over 1,000 TPE in his fifth season, um, and Jesus Christ at... 1166 in his 15th season. So, um, and they, they have a good prospect pool and, you know, um, you're going to see San Francisco climb the ladder a bit in the next couple of years, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're in the, they're in the middle of a rebuild right now. So it's, uh, it is what it is for them. So, uh, that, that wraps up the Southwest division. So New Orleans, New Orleans, um, Texas, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, uh, will be how I think it finishes. So um, that's it for the division by division. Uh, as far as the overall best teams uh, in each division, I think New Orleans has a shot at winning the President's Trophy in terms of points just because their uh, division is arguably the weakest. I think the Atlantic is also pretty weak. Uh, but you could see Manhattan or uh, New Orleans compete for that. I think I picked New Orleans just because... Uh, the conference in general is weaker than the East. Um, then in terms of winning the, the Western playoff bracket, I had um, New Orleans um, winning the West. But, um, yeah, I mean, I could also see Calgary or Edmonton taking it uh, out of the Northwest, but... Uh, I did pick New Orleans uh, out of the West, and I picked Manhattan out of the East. Um, I don't. I could see any Eastern team taking it too. It's going to be this. This league's very have versus have nots this year, and it's probably every year since FHM. Um, I could see really any of Manhattan, Hamilton, Chicago, Buffalo taking it out of the East, Calgary, Edmonton. Uh, New Orleans in the West. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how the play how the playoffs work out. But that's what I have, and I have the Challenge Cup going to Manhattan. Uh, so those are my predictions. That's what um, my thinking was when I made them. Um, let me know what you guys think. 
Um, I'd like to do more of these podcasts, but honestly, I just don't know how much time I'm going to have. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you for listening, and uh, good luck this season in the SHL.